and welcome to the Sneaky Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole. So with me today is a new friend I actually just met on LinkedIn <laughs> within the last month or two. Um, he's an awesome dude. I'm super glad that we are connected. Um, so without further ado, I'd like to introduce my new friend, Joey. So how's it going today? Oh, so amazing to be here. And first off, I just want to say how grateful I am for this opportunity, especially on Sunday, which is one of my favorite days besides Monday, but I'm just grateful to be here. And I just, I love, I love the opportunity to be here to add value to your audience as well as into our lives together. And I'm just looking forward to it. And thank you for this opportunity. Yeah. Thanks so much for, for coming on. And uh, that's odd that you said Monday is your favorite day. Monday is usually the day that we all dread. Uh, the weekend's over, we go back to work and we have a case of the Monday. So why is Monday one of your favorite days of the week? I think it's a mindset issue when it comes to that, just because it is the start of the week and how you start your week is going to project how your week is going to end. So if you start your week off sluggish, what's going to tend to happen? Oh, this week, you're going to dread it. But then you come up with a positive mindset. When you start your week, things are different. You hit goals, you crush them. And if you want to even be a little jumpy and go for more, you get to it. And it just, it really projects out how your week is going to pan out. And to me, Monday is the ultimate day you do it. And I, that's why I love Monday. And then Sunday I get to refresh, rejuvenate. I'm a very faith-based kind of guy, which I go to church, yeah. whether it's online or in person and uh, really, really refresh and rejuvenate, ready to start my week again. No, I love that. I, I preach, I'm big on uh, positive mindset. So I absolutely love that. I still hate Monday. <laughs> but I love your approach. <laughs> Thank you. We're going to work on that together. We'll, We're going to we'll work, work on, on that together. together. <laughs> so, so why don't we go ahead and uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're in Florida. So why don't you tell us if you're originally from Florida, uh, a little bit about your background. Yeah. Uh, born and raised Sarasota, Florida, uh, a city by the beaches. So I grew up like close to the water on the beach and uh, I, I love it. I was born like I said, born and raised over there, 18 years of my life, come up to Tampa for college. So I've been living in, in Tampa since I started college for the last 19 years. Oh, wow. Um, it's a beautiful area too, just really, really cultured, really, really has an area of growth and potential. And um, I'm a very rare natural Florida boy. I've been in Florida all my life, never lived anywhere else. <laughs> so, um, you know, I graduated, uh, graduated high school, like I said, moved to Tampa, went to USF University of South Florida, started architecture and it didn't work out. I got, I used to say rejected, but I didn't get into the school uh, twice as I applied. I knew the politics about it. I knew what was going on. So that's why I ventured off to engineering. Oh, wow. and, I, and I actually got my master's, my bachelor's and master's in engineering, specializing in structures. So that led me down to actually being working in the, in, in the engineering industry for almost 15 years now. And uh, currently I work for the uh, Florida Department of Transportation. I oversee the inspection and maintenance program for all of our highway bridges. So any bridges that you drive over in Florida, in my region, not the whole state of Florida, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. in my region, uh, I, I oversee that. And I just, I have a very high integrity when it comes to uh, the work program and how we do to fix up our bridges and to maintain them. That way people who drive over them and the public safety is my number one um, ethics, uh, my, my rule of ethics in my heart. So um, right now too, I also do alongside of that, me and my two older brothers, we 
run a kids academy, which is very similar to a daycare oh. center. My mom was in the daycare business for over 25 years. So we actually retired her, let her set sail. You, re you retired her? her. Well, we all work? did. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, when you have a mom in the daycare center and she's never retired, she still got some grandkids she can take care of, which is good. We'll, we'll, we'll bargain off that and we'll negotiate off that. But it was just such a blessing knowing that because I have a passion for kids. I've always had a passion working with kids. Um, that's going to be into my future plans, which I'll go into later in the podcast. Um, and the, the big thing was, is that we just wanted to continue the family business because we're all about legacy. I'm a big person when it comes to legacy. And when we continue legacy, I think it just sets up a family formula for success. And um, that also leads into my wellness entrepreneur journey, yeah. which I'm very passionate about just because I'm a huge advocate for fitness, health and wellness and well-being. And uh, it just, it goes hand in hand with everything just because I want everyone in my family to be in the well-being aspect at the best of their ability and also my friends that I care so much about and just people all over the world who I connect with I just want them to feel and look and move their best at all times yeah no for sure and that's the benefit of online right you can reach so many people yeah. like you and I I'm I'm in Virginia and I would have never met you if it weren't for uh both of us being new entrepreneurs online growing our business um so like you i'm or unlike you i shall say i'm not originally from virginia so um i'm from new jersey my family's still there actually um they were actually here this past weekend little did we know virginia's back on their quarantine list whoops so so uh yeah so I've been in Virginia I think since 2011 so almost almost 10 years now about nine and a half years um northern Virginia so I call this DC suburbs I don't call this real Virginia this is fake Virginia this is just an <laughs> extension of DC uh it's so built up um but yeah so speaking of entrepreneur and and how we met so I actually came across you on like I said LinkedIn um because I'm a new business, right? I'm a new entrepreneur, started in June. So I was scrolling through and trying to find like-minded individuals kind of on the same path. And I stumbled across your profile. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial side? Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's kind of interesting just because this all started back in 2009. And I actually opened up about it in my, uh, my book coming out actually in a few days. And oh, okay. it, it started my, from when I was in depression in 2009, fitness was my outlet. Fitness was my therapy. Fitness saved my life. So that's how it all started. And granted, I wasn't as consistent as I am today back then, but it laid the foundation. It laid the work to, to know that, Hey, this industry is amazing. I love fitness. And then I would say about three, three or four to five years ago is when I really started the health and wellness journey of mine, especially being a high advocate for health and wellness and nutrition and well-being. And I just really, just really combined the two. And when, when I had the foundation for fitness and then alongside came the, the health and wellness and well-being, it just really meant for a magical formula. And what, what I ended up doing is that I wasn't looking for anything. I was just looking to yeah. be healthier. You know, my dad had a, had a triple bypass that ended up being a quadruple bypass oh. in the surgery. And that's when it all started. So I started to research. I started to educate myself because I had no idea 
about nutrition. Granted, I knew some of the foods, I knew what to eat, this and that, but I really didn't know the background and the science and the research, like what was behind everything in regards to this whole industry. Yeah. And when I combined them, and you talk about, you talk about a passion, <laughs> you talk about having a fire and having a desire. That's what built up because I wanted to know, you know, I wanted to know about intermittent fasting. I wanted to know about gut health. I wanted to know about everything that came into me and I just absorbed it like a sponge. And I wanted to see how fitness and this would go hand in hand. And I just really got so passionate about it. And I just became almost like a product of a product of the industry. Yeah. And what happened was, is that my friend, my best friend came to me. He's like, Hey, I got something for you. I think you would enjoy. And just like all, I took a leap of faith, even though I had a mental block about the industry, I had a mental block about supplements. I had a mental block about this. And I actually took a leap of faith. And I said, you know what? I trust him. He's been my best friend for over 20 years. I know he's not going to guide me the wrong way. So I just, I took it and I had a great transformation. It took me two years to believe in the system, how it worked and the lifestyle that it built up to that. I really saw myself, you know what? I can live this lifestyle. I can definitely live this lifestyle. And I think it's leaning towards more of the well-being aspect, which is more longevity now that we're getting into it. And it's been just such a blessing knowing that I can bless people's lives and help them with whatever lifestyle goals they have. And it doesn't necessarily have to be losing weight. It can be putting on muscle. It could be having more energy. It could be performing better at work. And that's how I started. I wanted to perform better in the gym, but I also wanted to perform better at work and my career so I can just be at peak performance at all time. And uh, when you have when you have all those, I would say, systems in place, when you have the everything encompassed under one umbrella, it just makes it easier to find out, hey, you know what? I can help this one. I can help this one. I don't have to just help out this one. I can expand and go global. And being partnered with a company that actually does that, and I call it more of a company, an organization and community, being a part of that is just an absolute blessing. And knowing that people just want to watch you succeed, make you win and just win with you and just work together. And yeah. just the beauty and the magic is in that. And that's what has attracted me about the industry so much. Yeah, wow, you you said a lot there. So let's start to try <laughs> to unpack this a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so one, I did like the point that you mentioned about gut health because that's often overlooked like your gut is I think one of the most important <laughs> aspects when it comes to especially nutrition, right? Yeah. You, a lot of people do not focus on their gut, their gut health, it controls everything. So I definitely appreciate that you, that you did research and you, and you learn more about that. Cause I think that's often overlooked and not think about in the equation of nutrition and, and health. Um, but getting back to uh, your mental health, I think was a first first step that led you to what you're doing now. Um, so mental health, I, I, I had a previous podcast on, on this and it's, st people are starting to talk about it more, I think, yeah. than in the past. In the past, it was more taboo and it was more controversial and people frowned upon the mention of mental health, depression and what have you. And I also um, struggled with mental health. I think a lot of people do have some sort of mental health concern or issue, um, they just don't address it. So for me, it was, I had extreme anxiety um, and I recently sought therapy, um, but it affected other aspects of my life, kind of like you with depression, I'm sure. So if it, if I had, let's say an anxiety attack or I just, 
it eventually led to the feeling of depression. If it got bad, you don't want to work out. That's when you start eating like crap because you're, you're just not in the right mind space. So it trickles down to so many other areas of your life. Um, so if you don't mind, I'd like to dive into the mental health aspect a little bit. Um, because again, it's, it's very important for obviously your overall health because how you're feeling mentally affects so many other areas and the fact that you found fitness and that help with your mental health. Um, I, I like to dive into that a little bit if, if you're comfortable. Oh yeah, let's go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. So let's, let's talk about that. So you said you struggled with um, depression. Um, so how long um, did you struggle and, and were you diagnosed by a doctor? Were you on prescription? So how, how did that, um, how did you find out? Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't diagnosed with anything, but okay. it all stemmed to the fact where I tried to end my life in October of 2009. Oh. And I haven't, I haven't been open about that a lot. And I just opened up about it recently in the book and I actually go into depth and I explain what that felt like. And even though it was five months, it felt like an eternity. It felt like five years. It felt like 50 years. So what was, what was five months? Five months was after I broke up. Um, after, after my my previous relationship, it was with an ex. She broke up with me. I mean, she literally broke up with me on my 26th birthday. Oh, and I no. had no recollection. I had no recollection of that. <laughs> and the big thing was it hit me hard because I just realized that even though I even though I did everything to keep that relationship, even though I didn't give up, even though I was fighting for it, I didn't get my way. And it's just so much was coming in. So much was coming in. She ends up going out with my best friend a month right after we broke up. Oh no. How long were you with her? I was with her for like five months. This is like, this is one of the relationships that I talk about in the book where I actually oh. saw the vision of a future oh, where that's okay. how it was hard. There was a promise ring. We both committed ourselves to each other. And it's, um, I don't want to spoil the book, but yeah. uh, it, it's, it, it was really, it hit me hard just because, you know, a month after, uh, a month after she broke up with me, she started dating my best friend. And it ended up three months after that, she got married and it was just, I'm sorry, engaged. And it was like all like, talk about an overwhelming thing. Like how can someone love someone the way they, they say it and then do the complete opposite? So when that, when that triggered, I was, I was a wreck. I was done. I was heartbroken. I was literally praying to God saying like, you know what, don't make me wake up. Like I was that bad. And, um, you know, I'm grateful. I actually went through that because yeah, we all struggle. Yeah. We all struggle with mental health. We all feel like we're not good enough. We all feel like that we're not worthy of being, you know, in the career that we are in or in the relationship that we are in or the ones that we deserve. Like, why? Question ourselves, why are we not good enough? Why are we not worthy? And for the longest time, I was like that. And I was so selfish for struggling in silence. Yeah. And I didn't tell nobody. My doctor knew, like I went to my doctor and I, and I got a prescription. Like literally, this was it. I got a prescription because I told him I feel depressed. He wrote me a prescription. I didn't even take it. I didn't wow. even take it. I, I, I went to Publix. I got the bottle and I'm like, I can get over this myself. We'll just prolong it. I don't want anything. Like there are times I just stared at the bottle and it's like, can I do it? Can I do it? And I didn't. 
And it was just because I was struggling in silence. I didn't talk to no one. I didn't go to the therapist. I didn't go to my friends. I didn't go to my family. Like nobody knew. And I guess a lot of people, they're going to feel surprised when they see this because I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. Like I'm yeah. always a positive person. No, and for sure. You totally are. That's what I love about you. <laughs> and when they see this, when they see this and when they hear it, it's like, yeah, people like that can have those times that they go mm-hmm. through or those days that, yeah, it happens to everybody, you not know, just you. It's funny you say that. So like, well, not funny in a comical way, but funny as in like an aha moment. So when I went through therapy, I'm like you, I'm very bubbly. I'm very, I have a out of this world (laughs) sense of humor. I'm very extreme sarcastic. Um, So my therapist made a comment to me and my mom said this before that, and I kind of didn't know how to take it. So my, my therapist agreed with my mom and said, Nicole, I think you use your sense of humor as a defense mechanism. And it's true. Like, especially if you're one of those people who don't like to talk about your feelings and, and don't want to burden others with talking about your feelings um, because you want to be, you want to continue to be known as that funny go lucky person. Right. So I was doing that same thing with, I was using my humor to keep people at bay because I didn't want to get hurt. So so that was my defense mechanism was my humor. So did you do something similar? Like you were feeling this way, but when you were around your friends, you kind of put on this facade and kind of just use your humor as a defense mechanism to kind of prevent them from really knowing what's going on. Yeah, it was more of a mask. Like mm-hmm. it was more of an, like, you know how we talk about onions and peeling the masks away and yeah like the layers like, that's what that's what I had but it was like a hundred onions oh, <laughs> like because that's how because that's how depression is like that's how it's like you're good one day and then it's all sunshine and rainbows and you're like oh now I see it and then it's literally like raining and storming the next and I and you know it just so many masks came off and off and off and I didn't want my friends to know because me being a person, I have a lot of pride Mm -hmm. and I'm always that person that's there for my friends. I always have been. Yeah. Put others first. Yes. And for me not being able to show up as myself to my friends, that even hurt me even more. And that's why I became negative. I became toxic. I became literally like, why am I living? Like, why am I living this life? And that's what led to a day in October when I literally drove to the beach because one of my biggest fears is deep water. And I'm like, all right, who's going to care? Who's going to care? I'm going to go away. And just sitting there <laughs> and I'm not going to give too much away in the book, but just, it was just a sign, sign from God. And it was amazing just because um, I'm glad he put me through that because it led me to hear with people who I learned from about mental health that says, you know what, if you're in trouble, you have support, you have us, you have people, go talk to them, go self-develop yourself, research topics like imposter syndrome, research topics about if you're not worthy, like do this, do that, like affirmations, you have help. And this is why I was so grateful. I went through what I went through because now I give hope to people who are possibly going through the same thing and just to let them know it's okay that you're going through here through this you have help and support right here no i love that and thanks so much for sharing your stories um stories like that aren't easy to 
to talk about. Um, and I just noticed as you were talking that your shirt says Godfidence instead of confidence. <laughs> I literally just noticed that. That is awesome. <laughs> so, so how did you go from being the lowest of lows to where you are now? So you mentioned fitness help you overcome your depression. So how did you make that shift? Yeah, I, you know, I related to people. I related to people's stories because, you know, everyone has stories, but then when you can relate to people and resonate with them who have the same passions, who have gone through the same trials and, and tribulations for like you, and yeah. when you just can compare stories and really just sit with each other and take in that moment, it makes it so amazing just because, yeah, we go through relationships and I don't know about you, but there's a lot more people that has struggled in the area of their life in relationships. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's inevitable. And it's, you know what, a lot of people, it's okay if that happens because either you're going to get better from them or you're going to stay bitter about them. And I chose to get better. And that's the, that was the whole thing. I chose to get better. I chose to learn from my mistakes, but also I try to talk with people about them and I try to learn from them just to see, hey, you know, you and I, we came across the same thing. Like, this is what happened with our partners. Like, what did you do? What did you do to get over that? Or what did you do to help you with your mental health and, you know, get over what you were feeling? Um, and that was the big thing. Being better rather than bitter was huge. And that's what a lot of people, they need to, to, to really see and say, I want this in my life. I want to get better so I can have a relationship that I deserve and love. No, I love that. And uh, like I said, I'm glad we're talking about um, all things from mental health, fitness, um, lifestyle, because it's, it's all, it's all encompassing. It's all the, it all comes back to, to the same thing. Um, so what did you do for, for your fitness? So how, in your words, how did fitness really help you overcome your um, depression? You know, it's, it's so funny you say that uh, just because I love talking about this. And this is all because you meet people that have gone through the same struggles in life that you do. Yeah. And you're not alone. Like a lot of people, what tends to happen after, like, say someone loses a job or a breakup, they get the chip on their shoulder. They say, you know what? I'm the lone wolf mentality and I can do this by myself. I don't need nobody. Where's that going to get you? Yeah. Like, think about it. When you have people that you can actually open up to and be like, hey, this is what happened. And then they're going to come back and you don't know their story, but they're like, you know, that just happened to me like last month. And this is the same exact reason why I'm like that. Like when you can resonate with someone on that level, it is so powerful because you develop relationships, you develop friendships that can last a lifetime. And I don't want to miss out on that. I'd rather be open and vulnerable and at the same time, handle my business when it comes to fitness, because that's what we do in the gym. We handle our business and then just really connect with people and resonate with them just on a level besides the gym. Like you can have a relationship in the gym, but having a relationship outside of the gym, that's another story. And that, yeah. that's, where, that's where the real human connection is. So you just started connecting with people at the gym. So you started going to the gym and then just started striking up conversations. Yeah. You know, you know, I, we just worked out the same, you know, people yeah. asking, Hey, can I, can, how, how many more sets you got? on oh, this yeah. Can you spot you know, me? Like that. Yeah. But I just, I didn't, I didn't choose to be, I didn't choose to be an a-hole. 
That's the big thing. I didn't choose to be an a-hole for my relationship breakup or if I lost a job or if something didn't work out, like I didn't. And that's the, that's the one thing I want to encourage people here is that if you did go through something really tough in your life, don't be an a-hole or don't be a uh, female dog version of that. But that's the big thing. I don't want that because that's what tends to happen when something doesn't go our way between jobs, relationships, careers, stuff like that. And just like I said, choose to be better rather than bitter. Cause I think people will excel in life a lot more than that. No, I love that. And it's really, I commend you for striking up conversations <laughs> like that with people at the gym. Cause that's not hard. Like for me, I put my headphones, well, when I'm not doing CrossFit, I, I primarily do CrossFit, but if I go to just a regular gym to maybe do some body bodybuilding or accessory stuff, I put my headphones in, uh, get in the zone and just kind of do my own thing. I might go up to a random person and say, Hey, can you spot me if I'm benching? But other than that, I'm in the zone. And I notice when I look around, so many other people are in the zone too. So how does that even come about? Like someone says, Hey man, you're almost done with that squat rack. And you're like, Yeah. (laughs) yeah, dude, I got, I got one set left. And then how do you go from, yeah, dude, I got one set left to, Hey, let's talk about, you know what I mean? Let's talk about something serious. How, how does that even come about? Yeah. And it, I call it the locker room talk because yeah. I know that's what happens. <laughs> I mean, we do that. And then if we finish at the same time, I'm not going to, I'm not going to not talk to someone and be like, Hey, over there, you know, I acknowledge like if I see person squat 315, like it was cake, like I'm going to go acknowledge <laughs> squat over there. Like I noticed that I like complimenting people because I think that's what people deserve. People deserve to feel accomplished. People deserve to feel like you know, they're successful and everything. And I know a lot of people, they don't credit themselves. They don't celebrate their wins, big yeah. or small, doesn't matter. But when you have someone else like noticing you and helping you celebrate those wins, I think it's really powerful. And it made for great locker room talk. Like that's, that's the big thing. I would, I would go after my workout, hit my uh, post-workout and just really, I see them, you know, strike up conversation, be like, Hey, just get to know them over time. Not like all at once be like, Hey, what's your number? Let's hang out at the bar afterwards. Like, <laughs> no, like, you know, build up rapport, build up rapport with people like this we live a short life. Like we don't know when we're going to go. We can go tomorrow. We can, it's not guaranteed as much as it, as it was. Yeah. But, the big, but the big thing is, is that especially right now when we're in a pandemic, like human connection is starving. Human connection needs more and more people to be in it. And that's the big thing. Like don't sell yourself short, especially for people who you think that are going to be lifers with you, like lifelong friends that can turn into family and this and that, like that's where the relationships start. And if people are wanting those kind of relationships, if people are yearning for that kind of community, don't hold yourself back about that. Yeah, I love that. I uh, I guess the men's locker room is different than a women's locker room. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got we got I urinals, mean, we got that. You know, yeah, we're good. We're I, good. Mean, <laughs> I mean, I'm, we don't talk to each other like that. Like at least at the, at the gyms I go to, like the women just kind of just like get changed, get the crap and get out. Like yeah. it seems like men are just like, Hey bro, nice, nice squat, man. Yeah, man. 315. One day I'll be able to bench 315 <laughs> women. We don't talk like that. Right. So like, <laughs> it's, it's just a different dynamic. Yeah. And it goes, it goes too. Cause I mean, with the guys, all you see is people right after the gym, you know, they're eating too and everything. <laughs> you guys eat in a locker room i'm telling you i've I've seen it all i've seen it all i had my i mean literally i have some rice cakes in those period of time where i had like rice cakes after every (laughs) my workout i had my post-workout so i wanted some carbs like it it just comes up and just that i call it i call it the shop talk the locker room talk 
Um, that's, that's the big thing. And, um, you know, I just tell people don't neglect that. Don't neglect that. If you're really wanting to talk with someone, be in communication and go talk to someone like seriously, stop like being in technology, stop with your head down. Yeah. And go talk to people and build relationships with people. No, I think, I think that's a good, uh, message. All you ladies out there start bringing your rice cakes to the locker room. Start having some food in the gym and strike up some conversation. Yeah, just not not in the shower. Not that might get shower. a little awkward. Not in the shower. That might get a little awkward. Not, and soggy rice cakes. Yeah. Soggy rice cakes. Either after the shower. That'll be after the shower. Good tip. Good tip. Love it. So yeah, so um so we went from uh depression to now we're we're getting big into fitness, um, starting to find your passion. So then what happens, what happens next? So when we met like what a month or two ago, you were an entrepreneur. So, so how do you go from being in a, in your lowest of lows to now picking yourself up, working as an engineer, and then make that shift to um, becoming your own boss, essentially? Yeah, this is a big mindset issue that people have. And this is what I learned huge. Even though I've blessed the engineering industry for over 15 years, almost 15 years, you become passionate and you become in alignment with things that you're starting to want to do in life. And this is where it gets a little tricky, I would say, because for one thing, you could be at work and you're thinking about your passion and then you want to do your passion more than you want to do your yeah, work. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. That's the big, this is, this is, and I'm going to, and I'm going to, and I'm going to preach a little bit about this because this is what helped me, especially for writing my book. Time blocking. You know, we have to work because we have to, like I say, we have to make sure that when we step away from our career to pursue our passion, we want to have no regrets. We want to make sure we are taking care of not even a hundred percent, a thousand percent. That's saying, you know what, let's, we're not burning our bridges here. We're just moving on to our duty in life, what we want to bring to people and what we want to help others or help the world. So that's what happened with me. And I started to do time blocking. So I started to do an hour, an hour every day, writing something about my book, okay. like an hour. And then there are some days like on the weekends where of course you schedule a little bit more that way it can get done and everything. But also I did it for my business and I did it for my, my entrepreneur side businesses and everything. I scheduled an hour. And I just really was intentional about that. Like, no matter what, that was my non-negotiable. Okay. Like people, they just, they fluff around it. They're like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Like, no, schedule that in, put it in your calendar, schedule it in. That's how you're going to build it within the pockets of your day. And there are times even at work where I have a 30 minute lunch break. Yeah. I'll schedule a meeting for 30 minutes and I can, you know, like I say, I can have a, a meal replacement shake so I don't miss, miss lunch and I can have it while I'm having this uh, zoom call or whatnot, but there's a will, there's a way. If there's a will, there's a way. And if there's a will to build your business and build your passion in the pockets of your day that you have, you're going to do everything you can to make it happen. Like there's no ifs, ands, buts, doubts, nothing like that. You want to make it, you want to pursue this, you want to make it come to vision, put in the required effort to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely easier said than done, right? So um, I do like the time blocking method. I've actually become very familiar with that recently, actually, um, with one of the Chamber of Commerces. Uh, so I'm involved in the Reston Chamber of Commerce here in Reston, Virginia. And um, in one of the meetings I was in, someone was talking about time blocking because she was struggling with the same thing 
I and so many others struggle with is there's not enough time in the day to get it all done. And you just have a laundry list of things that you have to get done. But if you don't finish everything on that list, you push it to the next day and it just keeps getting punted down the week. So um, how we talked about time blocking was kind of similar to what you said. So you take something that's a non-negotiable, you block off an hour. Now you may say, hey, from nine to 10, I'm going to do this. But if something comes up, you just punt it later in the day, but you make sure it gets done that day. And I think that's the important thing is that there comes a point where our laundry list gets so long that we kind of, it's kind of demotivating in a sense. So it's, yeah, it's, I agree. It's important to maintain that positive mindset, maintain that motivation and to make sure that you in that laundry list of items, you make note of what are the non-negotiables in this laundry list in the back of your mind, knowing that not everything on this list needs to get done that day. You don't need to create burnout, but if it is a non-negotiable, then yes, you have to make sure you get that done that day and everything else can be punted to the next day. So I, I love, I love that you said that. Yeah. And I love the way you said that just because even if you have a laundry list, yeah, it's still a list. Yes. It's still there. You know what? If you don't finish it that day, at least you did the, the minimum. At least you didn't do anything. At least you did the minimum for that day. Celebrate it. Yeah. Like, why are we not celebrating? Yeah, we got the minimum. Yeah, I only had a half hour and I got it done. Yeah. yeah. Like, we have to celebrate, like, no matter what it is. But you know what? If you have a half hour, if you have an hour, make it consistent every day. Like, yeah. that's the big thing. If you don't build up that consistency, this is where the disappointment sets in. This is where the burnout comes in. And this is where ah, so much to do. I can't do it. And that's what overwhelming people don't even start. Yeah. Like people, people are in it for a month and they're like, I can't do it. No one it's wants too to too hard, <laughs> too hard. Like build up consistency in your life. And I guarantee you, your life is going to change. No doubt. So are you, how, how's it going on your entrepreneur side? Are you in the process of making that transition from your full-time job to your passion or are you still working your full-time job? What's, what's the current status of that? Yeah. So I still work my full-time job because okay. in my heart, I still feel like I have a duty to people in the engineering industry. I want to put in at least three to five more years. Okay. And because I, you know, like next week, next Monday, I have a career day where I'm going to be talking to fifth graders, which is awesome. I love talking <laughs> to kids and they're yeah. like curious about engineering. They're like, Oh, math bridges. Oh yeah. But it's fun because that's on my heart to do. It's on my heart to do to educate kids and have them make sure they have a good head on their shoulders when they go to school, stay in school and, and, and get an education they deserve and that they want to make sure, cause this is our next generation, like do something that's going to change the lives of your next generation that's going to be there for you when you need them. Yeah. And that's how I've always had that mentality in regards to that. Um, if it happens sooner, I'll be grateful more than ever because <laughs> I mean, it does, but I'm going to be working. I'm going to be working like to make it happen. I'm not going to give up. There are going to be days where I'm going to, you know, have a train full steam ahead. Like I'm going to do more than a minimum right now. Maybe I'm going to do two hours a day, you know, time blocking, but it, it all comes, you know, hand in hand. Like I have the vision. And I think long-term, and I think when you have that long-term vision, it really sets in what goals you want, short-term, mid-term, long-term. Yeah. And that's that when you have that, and I, you know, now that I say the goals, I recommend making a vision board, 
having it in front of you, especially where you want to go, what you want to achieve in life. And I recommend having that in front of you every single day, just so you see those are your goals. That's your vision. Make sure you are seeing that every single day. Dude, do you see those little boards right there? Yep. <laughs> that's what they are. And I think yeah. I did notice that. I'm like, yeah, that's a pretty cool. Yeah, that's pretty what cool I got. Idea. I love it. I love it. It keeps me organized. I look at it every day. Now I may not implement some of the stuff on it or think about it that day, but it's, it's there. And I'm literally looking at it every day and it may not be in the forefront, but it's definitely in the back of my mind. Um, yeah. So how is your entrepreneurship going? What is it that you do in your side business that you're trying to make your, your real full-time passion? What's your, what's your side hustle? What you got going yeah. on? <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. So I partnered with a, with a health and wellness and well-being company, Isogenics. Okay. Uh, we're in 26 markets now, which is just an absolute blessing because I can talk to people out in Europe, like the UK and Belgium and Spain, Austria. And then I can also talk to people in Japan, oh, in wow. Australia, and New Zealand. You talk and, to people in all those countries. I have, I have a lot of great connections. And you know, you know what's good with, with me, how I'm doing it is that I'm not forcing because a lot of people they have a very big mental block when it comes to network marketing, when it comes yeah. to this online, online work. I would say. But the big thing is, is that when you don't force it, when you make it genuine, when you really like ask people, hey, what are you doing? Like, what is your vision? Is there anything I can do to help support it? It just makes for conversations easier and it just takes the pressure off because we know that, hey, network marketing and online health and wellness, it may not be for everyone. Like mm -hmm. we know that it may not be for everyone. But the big thing is, is you know what? If there's a resource we can connect people with, if there's a resource that is part of my network that can say, you know what? I think you should talk to my friend Delray or I think you should talk to my best friend Gus. He was a gym owner. He may have some good advice for you to you know, help out with gyms during this time, especially if you don't want to lose income. Like that is where it's at. Like that is huge, especially when you can connect people on just a genuine level because you just want to help. That's where I'm grateful knowing that I lifted the mental block that I had about the industry 10 years ago and I was able to adapt it and really say, you know what, this feels right. This feels how I want to do it because in reality, there's no pressure and there's no sale, but there's also on the bright side connection yeah. and really helping people. And that's where the beauty and the magic is in this industry. And everything is going well, uh, just because I've met so many people like Emily Raver, who's one of our team leaders. She was just in Forbes top 25. And being for isogenics? Yeah, like just her entrepreneur. It's Emily. Oh been on ABC you know she lives in long uh, Santa Monica California but to be around those people who really are not all about the leadership and not all about because they're making millions of dollars they're really about us they're really about getting in the field and working with us working with the people who are trying to make this happen from the beginning and this is where I love you know the people that I met in isogenics because of for one their leadership for two their personality and for three their heart of service and serving not just their customers, but all the customers. And when you have that everyone wins mentality when it comes to that, just makes working beautiful because I'm a big team player and I love when everybody wins. And that's my whole thing. I develop leaders to make leaders um, and everyone wins in my book. So yeah. Figuratively and literally. And, so, amen. amen. So, so so why don't you explain, so I'm somewhat familiar with isogenics. Why don't you explain a little bit about uh, what isogenics is for those who may not be as familiar? 
Yeah, so it's Isogenics is like an online health and wellness and well-being company. We have over 100 products and we, su we support weight loss. We support performance and lean muscle. We work with many athletes, Adam Thielen, who's one of the top wide receivers for the Minnesota Vikings. He advocates for us highly. Oh, he does? Yeah, he does. Nice. That's, that's big. And, you know, he's badass on the field. Yeah, he is. <laughs> I mean, having a reputable name like that and saying, you know what, this is what happens. This is what my diet is. And it's helped me. Yeah. Like it's huge when you have that. Um, and, you know, it, it really encompasses all that, whatever you're looking for, like healthy aging. You know, it's not for just 20, 30, and 40 year olds. It's for 50, 60, and 70 year olds who are having just incredible transformations. And the big thing is, is I, I, I don't really call it a company because we're not. We're just more than that. We're like a community. That's our number one product. Like that's our number one product. Even though we have products that work and it's science tested and everything, like they're doing it right. They're spending the money where it needs to, but the community is where it's at. And when you can have something to come to and just really bond together and just really make a difference, like that's all that it's about is making an impact and difference. And Grant, like right now we developed a October men's group. And we called it October because we just got done with it. We didn't drink for 30 days and we, oh, call, no. it, and we call it the art of the Cinderella man. What? And it was so powerful because we added so much value. We have over a hundred people. So it started at one person and we have a hundred people right now in that group and everyone's going live. Everyone's sharing their stories. Everyone's getting their 10,000 steps in, reading their 10 pages every day, working out three days a week and this and that. And it was just, everyone stepped up to the challenge. And everyone added value because we know that the health and wellness industry is what it's a female dominated industry because the females, I love that. And I'm so grateful that they just give us the permission to be like, you know what? Yeah, we are empowering females. Let's be empowering gentlemen and make a difference in this industry too. And I'm so, so you say, so you say it's dominated by females. What do you, what do you yeah. mean by that? Exactly. Like, it's very like the females are highly successful which I absolutely love for your brand or just yes. in general. Okay. For your brand. Like, so we're talking strictly isogenics. I'm thinking every like health and wellness because you oh, see really? a lot of females who do the uh, products and stuff like that. Like everyone's marketing them and everything. And, and, and I just respect that. I just respect that, you know, people like single moms who get out their comfort zone and be like, this is what I did. And this is how I help support my family now. Or, you know, a person that's had a rough past and they're like, yeah, this is what happened struggling from an eating disorder coming to this and helping people who, who have eating disorders and helping them through whatever they're going through like the stories are everything and yeah. when i and when i found out that there were so many empowering women in the industry and i can learn from them the way i did it was like this is incredible because <laughs> they have so much knowledge and they have so many things that i'm grateful even more to be in this industry and support that kind of um that kind of movement but in reality, it's not the women empowerment. It's reality. It is a movement, but now it's a lifestyle. Now it's a lifestyle that they choose to live in. And for me, when women want to make something out of themselves, I'm in support. Like I will support them to the, to the day they tell me not to, <laughs> but I love that. And it gives us permission to create the group, the art of the Cinderella man, and to bring men into there and be like, you know what? They're doing it. Why can't we do it? Why can't we do it the same? And uh, it's been it's been a really blessing just because we finished strong yesterday, and uh, I just love connecting with so many like-minded people. But bringing that passion and bringing that fire to gentlemen in a group where everyone can come into the safe zone, man, it's beautiful. Are you ready to have a drink? 
so I haven't drank in over a year, actually. Oh, this was no problem. This was no problem. This was no problem. I mean, granted, you know, I have I have a little thing with that. You know, I don't I don't mind drinking. Um, the next time I go for tacos outside, I'm probably going to have a shot of tequila or a glass of tequila with it. Yeah. But um, but you know, I you know, I just choose. I just choose pick and choose. I pick and choose my battles, what I want, and everything. And I just I'm a very I'm a very conser- not conservative guy, but I'm very health conscious when it comes to knowing what I want during the week. And I can have a little bit of leeway on the weekends. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if I don't get out there and I don't get, you know, a drink or so, I'm not going to beat myself up. You know, it is yeah. what it is. You know, it's a lifestyle, lifestyle and balance. Yep, exactly. So uh, I mentioned earlier that I'm part of the Russian Chamber of Commerce. And for the month of October, yeah. we also had a challenge that we just finished. It was called a, uh, a movement challenge. So you can either run a 5K run, walk a 5k, run, walk a one mile, or just do a movement for minutes, like a 500, 750 or a thousand minutes over the course of the month of October. So that just uh, wrapped up. And uh, yeah, my team seemed to be pretty good. And it was good to see people who don't typically go out and get active. We're actually making a concerted and conscious effort to to get out there and and move. And a lot of them in the group actually went above and beyond what they signed up for. So yeah, so a lot of people were doing similar challenges uh, for the month of October. How did that make you feel when you saw that? But that people were going above and beyond? No, it was awesome. Like one person um, signed up for, I think just a 5K and they didn't just do a 5k they actually logged movement minutes they did a 5k and logged movement minutes over the course of the month um and they were one of the ones who weren't really that active um they have weight to lose and they know that they need to get out there um so just the fact that you know these people were just getting out there and getting moving and the not so good weather starting to get cold um But yeah, no, it was definitely a ton of fun. And it was, it made me happy seeing that people were getting out there and getting moving, whether they were motivated to do it or not, they made a conscious effort to do it. And that's what's important. Awesome. I love it. Yeah. So yeah, so we talked about uh, isogenics. Uh, That's awesome. Like I said, I've heard of it before. I've never used their products. Um, I didn't know big names like Adam Thielen, who's a freaking beast on the field. Yeah, uses a product. Um, and I like that you said women, which I found a little surprising, but at the same time, not. So you do see a lot of men. I thought men were more dominant in the fitness space, but I think women are more, I don't want to say outspoken in a negative way, but more, um, we talk more about the underlying emotional issues and men do not. Right. So I think that's where the difference lies. So there may still be more men in the fitness industry overall, but there's more and more women coming up in the fitness industry. Like you said, that we're seeing, and those women are good for the industry for the most part, because they are definitely more outspoken over the emotional eating over the eating disorders that you're not going to hear a lot of men talk about because men just don't talk like that. Men aren't inherently emotional beings. So now that we have more women in the space, it's good to have those things talked about more in the space because you're not going to get that if it's just solely men. 
and I think you you hit that right on the point because the women in the health and wellness industry, not much as the fitness industry, but the health and wellness industry, yeah, because they come from a very very educated health professional background. And when you can teach others, especially me being in an engineering background, like what it took for me to learn about health from <laughs> these women who are professionals, but also were in the company for like more than you know ten years. It's amazing because you're just learning something new about that person every single time. Like, and you can learn like one new thing about someone all the time. Like, it's like it's beautiful. But another term is like they're not hiding their information. Like they're teaching us and they're pouring back into the teams and they're just wanting to educate us so well because that's where the servant leadership and that's where the servant heart comes in. And that's I, I applaud I applaud the uh, the leaders of our company because they're doing it all. And even the owner and founder or the co-owners and the founders, I mean, they're getting in the field and they're like getting to know everybody. Like no matter if you're a customer or running the business, they're getting to know everybody. And that's what I love about it because it's a family legacy company and I'm all about family legacy. So it just aligns with my values and core mission and it's just a win-win. It's just beautiful. No, that's awesome. You don't see a lot of owners for big companies like that doing that. So that's definitely awesome that they're getting yeah. out there and, and talking to the people who are not only using the product, but selling their product for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned your book a few times. <laughs> so, <laughs> so without giving anything away, uh, what are you able to tell us um, about your book? How did, first off, let's back up. How did you start writing your book? What was the thought process behind wanting to start the book in the first place? Yeah, so last year, it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, uh, my ex-girlfriend broke up with me and um, it just didn't work out. And what I did... Was this a different girlfriend or was this... Yeah, yeah, okay. it was a different girlfriend. And now I'll, I'll, I'll explain a little bit okay. about it. And then, um, so she broke up with me and I actually opened up about the breakup because a lot of people were asking about it because beforehand it was 10 years before I was in that kind of loving relationship, that kind of relationship. And that was, that all stemmed from when I was depressed and everything. That was the last relationship in 2009 that I had. And then 2019 came and I didn't even expect it. It just happened. Like, it was like, wow, 10 years. It's differently, right? <laughs> but, How do but I date again? <laughs> I'm just saying, it was like so crazy. And, you know, I had relationships here and there, but they weren't, they weren't serious. Yeah, yeah. They weren't serious as that and everything. And I, you know, I didn't, you know, it, it, the loving relationship and the relationship that I actually wanted, it took that long. It took 10 years. And um, I actually opened up about it on Facebook. Oh, you did? And man, let me tell you something. When you open up and when you become vulnerable and when you can share that, knowing that that's what happened and I'm okay with it and I'm complete with that, there is just a whole nother power to that. There's just a whole nother level to that. And that's what actually started getting the wheels turning and saying, you know what? I think it's time to write a book about my experiences and my relationships that I've had that actually have molded me to become the way I am. And I started in November. Um, I had a, I started writing in November of last year. I had a deadline of April of this year, actually on my birthday, April 30th to complete the body, like complete the writing of the book. Wait, not the your book. deadline or a, yeah, you know, the my, publisher? No, my deadline. Your deadline. I actually, okay. I actually gave myself a hard deadline for my birthday. Again, okay. 
non-negotiable, non-negotiable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and it was just amazing that I actually finished it, I think a day or two before my birthday. And um, I shared the title of my book on my birthday, which is a nice guys finish last dot, dot, dot. And that's okay. <laughs> I love that. Um, and that's, and it, and it all stemmed from that. And in reality, I really want to share my experiences of the relationships. I have four relationships I got into my first relationship, a relationship that I thought that it was meant to be, and then it wasn't. The third relationship is when I saw a vision with somebody, when I saw the full out picture of that person. And then the fourth one is hits differently after 10 years, um, which is the most recent one. And when you can get, when you can, you know, excuse my French, when you can get honest with your shit and when you can actually like see that, you know what? Yeah, I got treated bad in my relationships, but what did you do wrong? Or how could you be better? Or what could you have done better? Like when you start really asking yourself those questions and you start giving yourself grace and when you start giving yourself, you know what? Yeah, don't hurt myself when that happened. Don't self-sabotage yourself. You know, it's all about self-love. It's all about self-awareness. It's all about having a relationship that you truly want and deserve. Because I know a lot of people they struggle in this area of their life. And the big thing is, is they're not real about it. They're not real. I'm real about it. Like I can talk about it and I can be like, yeah, this is what you're thinking. And everyone that I've talked to about it is like, yeah, you're right. Like, how do you know? And I just have this sense talking about relationships because, because I'm very, like I say, people are going to either look at this book as passive aggressive, or they're going to look at this book and be like, you know what? Yeah, I got to get real with myself. And I got to see what I'm doing wrong. And I got to stop being how I am and improve on myself. Because that's how you're going to get better at relationships is what? Getting yourself better. And um, it's really powerful when you can sit in that space and be like, yeah, I need to get better. And I need to do this. I need to do that but I also know what I want and what I truly deserve. And I'm going to work hard on that. So is it kind of like a self-help book for a relationship then? It can be. Yeah, it sounds <laughs> it kind be. of like it. <laughs> you know, I just, I give, I give, I give my, my seven cents. And that's what my last chapter is called. My last chapter is called seven cents. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's, um, it's really interesting. And it, it, it is really a self-help. It is really a get real with yourself and, um, and really look at, look at your life or look at your previous relationships. Like, what can you do to be better? What can you do to have an everlasting relationship, the one that you truly want and the one that you truly deserve? And what's it going to take? And yeah. really, as long as you're doing the work by yourself, but there's other people in your life from your you know, potential relationships that are coming into your life and that wanna do it, but they're not on your level, you're going to start to notice that and you're going to start to like, okay, yeah, this is going to, this is pretty interesting. And that's, that's all that it stems down is just really getting real with yourself and really getting real with the fact that, yeah, if you're a nice guy or if you're a nice, you know, woman, of course, finishing last is okay. That's what I was going to ask. So the title of the book is nice guys finish last dot, yeah. dot, dot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure this pertains to women as well. And is yes. this just uh, romantic relationships or is this intended to be relationships in general, all encompassing relationships? Yeah, it's all encompassing. Okay. Like marriages, um, 
you know, people who are starting relationships, people who are thinking about starting relationships. And in reality, because I go into, you know, chapters about communication, chapters about trust. And um, it's a very easy read. I would say it's 190 pages, but it's in reality, it's probably like 150 pages. You got some blank pages to organize the book and make sure that it's all in order and everything. But um, it's, it's a very easy read spaced out. And it is for men and women, just because, I mean, I didn't, I didn't want to put that in the title, the nice guys or, or, uh, or women, just because it would be a little long title. Plus it wouldn't have fit in the front cover (laughs) the way I wanted to, but, um, it's, it is, it is for both men and women. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be for me, like I say, a lot of people, they're either going to love it or they're going to be like, man, this guy is crazy. Like, why is he even thinking like this? This is too aggressive for me. And it's really, it's not aggressive. It's just getting real with the fact that this is the world we live in. This is what people think. Choose your heart. Choose your heart. You want to be single? You want to be in a relationship? Choose your heart. You want to be married? You want to be divorced? Choose your heart. And that's pretty much it. Wow. That does sound kind of hardcore. <laughs> like, if you want this, do this. <laughs> um, but yeah, some people need the hard truth. And I think part of the problem is um, a lot of people tend to care more than they should what other people think. Um, And I think that's probably part of the underlying issue is, I know you've heard when you go on a first date, it's like you're dating their representative, right? Like it's not until however many dates down the line you actually get to see the true them. You're like, where the hell did you come from? Because like, (laughs) you're afraid, you're afraid to be your true self because you don't you don't know what that other person is going to think of you. And I think that's problem one is you need to be comfortable with your true self, your whole self and, and step forward with that true self, not your quote unquote representative, um, because that's not going to do it because eventually your true self is going to come out. Right. And if that's not what you're portraying in the beginning, then that's obviously going to be a problem. Um, and I think that's part of the problem in society now is we're trying to conform ourselves to what we think others want us to be. Yeah, the big thing, big thing when you said that is that we live in a society that people still don't know what they want. People are on the fence. People are one foot in, one foot out. And I'm trying to help shift the mindset and perspective and be like, you know what? If you're playing one foot in and one foot out, are you disrespecting yourself? Granted, you're disrespecting other people, but are you disrespecting yourself too? And the answer is yes. Like, why can't we live a life of authenticity and integrity and tell people the way we feel? Exactly. I think people deserve that if someone tells you the way they feel, it's only fitting that you tell them the way you feel, regardless if you don't like them, if you think that you need more time, or if you don't see a relationship with them. Be honest, be real. And that's all that you have to live life, no matter how it's gonna you know, affect the other person, this and that. What, what, what we have to think that is that we have to look at ourselves first. We have to look at ourselves first and make sure we show up for ourselves first before we show up for others. So how did you come into this knowledge? So 
mindset, I talk about mindset a lot yeah. um, with my clients, with my coaching, on my Facebook page, like everywhere I talk about mindset that's so important. So where did you get your beliefs and your I'll call them teachings um, of mindset from? <laughs> For one, the big man upstairs, he's definitely yeah, yeah. put me through some, through some trials and everything, but you know, just really, really learning the lessons, really learning the lessons and really understanding why people do the things that they do or act the way they act. And when you can be aware and when you can pick up on, okay, patterns. So this person was texting me and calling me. Now he's, this person's texting me, calling me every other day. What's going on? Now, when you can pick that up, you're like, okay, now I can read patterns, then I can read tendencies. Or, okay, where's the consistency? This person was consistent with me, seeing, you know, sending me like smileys and hearts and that's and that. And then, okay, where'd it go? But when you can pick up on that, like it's the little thing, it's the little things. And this is, this is, I, I'm, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. you said smileys and hearts. I have to. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, it's, it's so crazy because the mindset works and be like, well, you used to send me this and you used to send me that. And granted, I know that's a petty thing and everything. And I just make people aware of, you know what, it's the little thing that's been done over time but now it's not. So something has got to be because with me, I send emojis a lot. That's my personality. I do. Too. Yeah. And then, and then when I don't send emojis, a lot of, per, a lot of people, they're like, Hey, are you all right? Yeah. <laughs> like, Hey, are you all right? Like people pick up on that. And it's yeah. because it's, yeah, they know the personality. They know that. Or they think I'm angry or upset or whatever. Cause I'm the same way. I'm the, like the emoji queen. <laughs> like it's, it, it's just the little things that people notice. And because I'm a little thing guy, like I do the little things when I'm in relationships, like I am huge on that. Why? Because I think that makes for an everlasting relationship. And the big thing is, is that when, when you notice these things and when you're more aware of it, you start to know that you don't deal with the BS. You don't deal with the stuff that you don't need, all the nonsense, all the noise. Like you just are right there, right in the center, present with that person. And if something is not right, you just sit your asses down and be like, listen, this is what I feel. This is what's going on. Let's talk about it. And yeah. that's the, and that's, and that's the big thing. And I, and I deal with that with the mindset thing, just because, you know, like I said, for 30 years, like I thought I'm not good enough. I thought I'm not worthy. I'm thought of this and that, like all the imposter syndrome just kicks in. And the big thing is, is that no, you are, you are worthy to have a relationship. You truly love and desire. You are good enough. It's just. You have to people, believe it. You have to believe it. And other people are the way they are. And this is why I'm protecting you from them. And that's the whole thing I talk about. God either does things to, to take, to either protect you, not hurt you, protect you. <laughs> that's well, the that and like people are the way they are. Like you make that comment. Yes, but it's, yeah. it's in the same vein, like knowing that and believing that are two different things. So like, for example, for me, if someone were happy-go-lucky all the time, right? And they would talk to me first thing in the morning. Every morning, we just sit there, shoot the shit, whatever. And then one day, they'd come in and didn't talk to me. I, before therapy, right, I would automatically say, oh, shit, what's wrong? Did I do something? Like, I would take on whatever it is they're feeling as my fault. But that's not the case. That person might just be having a bad day, may have woken up on the wrong side of the bed. Something may have happened that morning that had absolutely nothing to do with me whatsoever. 
but I would take that on. And I think so many other people do the same thing. They may not realize it, but that's a problem too. Like, so when you mentioned that, it, it makes sense to me, it makes sense to you, and it may make sense logically to other people, but what's happening internally and on the emotional level without getting help can't be controlled. So do you touch on that in your book as well? Like how deep do you really go on those, on those topics? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I brush the surface, but I get down into a little bit of it just because there's not much to say other than communicate, communicate, communicate. Like how are you gonna build relationships by not communicating yeah like seriously <laughs> like it just takes two seconds to say hi yeah takes five seconds it takes five seconds to or i'm having a bad day <laughs> like case in point case in point had an example case in point had a great example and i'm glad like this came up because i'll give you a great example <laughs> so what happened was is that i was you know i was supposed to have a first date with someone we built up a great relationship you know she lived on the east coast and she was coming up here um, and doing her, her, uh, her business here. Case in point, great, relation, great relationship already. Haven't even met the person, FaceTimed, yeah. called, you know, built up a great, great relationship. And I noticed like we were talking a lot, texting, voice messaging, like everything. Everything was good. Communication was good. She came over to the West Coast for business. She got busy. What do you think happened? Ghosted you? No communication, not as good as this one. Oh, well, I got busy doing this. Well, I got busy doing that. And granted, granted, I understand. Granted, I understand. To the point in my mind, you can be understanding to a point, but the more and more you understand, you understand, you understand, you're just looking for disrespect to yourself. And the big thing is that I even told her, communication is big for me. And that's the big thing. If I notice that something is off with the communication, something's going to be off. And I noticed that. And that's, and that, and I pretty much, that was like one of my, one of my pet peeves I will call because I'm a big communicator. I love that. And then when I call you and you don't answer, and then the next day I try and call you and you don't answer, yeah. and then leave me a voice message. Like, what is that? Like that, 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 that's the whole disrespect level about the I understand I understand I understand but people don't see it like that people think it's all right you know what yeah I'll make it up this and that and then it was funny because she had to go back to her east coast and granted you know I'm, I'm grateful that I can pray for you know her family and her because I know she's got a lot going on right now and I'm grateful I can pray like I can pray in silence and I'm good with that like I'm good with that just because I have just such a calming and at peace mindset when it comes to this because I don't let things affect me that way. But I just set boundaries and I set boundaries knowing that, okay, this is what she has to take care of this and that I'm going to let it be. I'm still going to be here for her, but I'm not going to be overly available for her. And the big thing is, is that now granted, I just, for me, for my sake, I had to, you know, cut back on the social media exposure from her. And that's for my, and that's for the mental health sake. Because a lot of people, what tends to happen is that, oh, they're not communicating with me. What happens? Shh, oh my God, did she post? Is she sharing she her stories, this and that? And I'm just saying, you know what? Social media, social media doesn't define how you feel about a person. Social media is not a form of communication. It's a form of distraction. It's a form of destruction of a relationship. I'll put it out there. Granted, I met this person on social media, which was great. But then once I take it off of social media, 
staying off of social media, except I'm going to support her, except I'm going to like her photos, this and that. But the big thing is, is that a lot of people, they have that mentality being like, well, I just called her. How come she's posting, you know, like that at the same time, she can't even respond back. Like that's where the mental, that's where the mental games start to go. Yeah. And that's the whole thing where it comes to communication. Like if you have time for that and you really want to make something work, you're going to make time for it. And what happened was, is that I wanted to make time to see her and spend time with her. And she said the same thing. She said the same thing. It was great, but actions speak louder than words. Like that's the big thing. And to me, when that happened, it, it, it was just, you just notice, you just notice like the tendencies, you just notice the patterns, you just, okay, dropping out of communication. And I even told her that, and she still didn't improve on it. Like that, that's a red flag. That's a red flag, you know, that it happened. Okay, now you know what to do. Boundary, boundary. Communication is big. And I, like I said, I scratched the surface a little bit when it comes to that. But the big thing is, is that we're not communicating the right way right now. We are not. What are we doing? We're having relationships over social media. We're having relationships over text. We're having relationships over voice memos. Get on the phone, get on FaceTime if you can't see anybody. That was happening before COVID though. Like that was happening before COVID. Like people don't call each other anymore. And I'm guilty of this. It's more convenient to text, right? Because you don't have to be, you could be multitasking. You could be texting while doing something else. You don't have to be strapped to your phone. So people don't write letters anymore. I mean, I used to love writing letters when I was younger. People don't call each other on the phone anymore. It's all about texting and Facebook messaging and those sorts of things. So that was, that was big before COVID. And I think COVID just, it's worse now, obviously, because this is all we have. Um, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty much zoomed out. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, this, this, uh, that was, that problem was pre COVID. And I think post COVID, it's even going to be worse because now we're used to doing business dealings, doing meetings, doing all sorts of things strictly by social media, it's going to be hard to go back. Yeah. And the big thing is, is that if you thought having a relationship before is going to be tough, imagine having one like right now, if you're single and this is, this is, this is the point I really want to drive into people. (laughs) Like I said, you're going to make the effort if you really want something in your life, regardless of what else is going on in your life. And if you just want to half-ass it, then you're going to have a half-ass relationship. (laughs) I mean, plain and simple, that's what it is. And um, for me, I don't, I don't half-ass anything, especially my squats. Um, You know, I I have (laughs) I mean, that's, that's what it is. And, you know, the big thing is, is we talked about it. Like the two most important keys to a relationship are what? Communication and trust. And you can't build trust without communication. Yeah. No. Yeah, for sure. So is there going to be a part two to your book or are you just one and done? No, no, there'll be, there'll be more. Yeah? I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm definitely excited to see this. It is dropping hopefully in the next few days. God willing this week, I'm working on the cover right now. Nice. Um, so we had that we had to superimpose some stuff on there just because you have to make sure it's tight, make sure it looks good. Yeah, yeah. And um, there is a, another one in the book. I'm actually partnering with someone, my good friend, um, who she is writing about 
uh, Jesus and God, the other book is going to be about like the one lost sheep in the pack of a hundred in the oh, herd wow. of a hundred. So we're actually teaming up and we're writing about that. And hopefully by next year that will drop, um, that will drop as well, which is really good, which is really exciting just because like I said, I'm a faith-based kind of guy and just really writing about that, having a passion to really, really exploring, really discovering more on that side is, is really amazing. The spiritual and, uh, health side. Yeah, the spiritual yeah. health. Just I think uh, one of my cousins, uh, I did a recent uh, podcast a few episodes ago with him. He uh, he actually has a YouTube channel um, just on that, like talking about um, what he sees in his dreams. It's very uh, God talking to him. So he portrays that out to the world. Um, but yeah, like as you get closer to dropping the book, I'd like to have you and maybe both of you on to to talk about that um because again that's another side that's not really really talked about yeah. and uh as i mentioned in the previous podcast like meditation yoga and those sorts of things are very uh in the spiritual side of things uh, but you don't often connect those two together um and it's not talked about a whole lot kind of on the same vein as mental health so yeah if, if you if you guys would be up to it as you get closer to dropping the book i'd love yeah. to have you both on to to talk about that as well yeah, absolutely. We'll keep you updated. No worries. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, um, I will drop your um, link. Do you know where your book's going to be sold? Is it going to be on Amazon or? Yeah, yeah. I have the KDP because I'm self-publishing. It is on okay. Amazon. Um, uh, you can follow me at Joey Gada on Instagram, Joey Gada Facebook, Joey Gada LinkedIn. I'm pretty yeah. easy to find. <laughs> Nicole, Nicole knows. I'm pretty yeah, easy no, to find. Yeah, I'll drop, no, I'll drop all of uh, Joey's uh, yeah handles and and social media in the description box and for sure i urge you guys to you know reach out he's a he's a good dude and uh pick up a copy of his book um but yeah so i definitely appreciate you coming on uh today it was it was definitely a ton of fun uh yes. we seem to be very aligned in our philosophy so i i love that yeah i'm just grateful for the opportunity and i am people need to really know that impacting others is a huge passion of ours and make sure you're in alignment with those kind of people in your life because success is going to be developed from that and i'm just truly blessed and honored to to really bring this to your audience as well as to you and just really thank you again for the opportunity and i look forward to growing with you more in this life not just in business not just in the industry but life and i love it yeah, no, for definitely for sure. Like you're definitely good people. And uh, yeah, this was, this was tons of fun. Um, <laughs> yeah. And definitely surround yourself with like-minded, positive people. Again, it all comes back to positive mindset. Um, so yeah, so I definitely appreciate you leaving us with that. So with that being said, um, thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Sneaky Fit Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. And other than that, have a healthy and happy day. See you later. Thank you.